Amen. Please be seated. Good morning once again. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 11. Um, just uh, a reminder, several weeks ago, we, we preached through uh, books of the Bible for the most part here. Um, uh, several weeks ago, I had to be out unexpectedly for a health issue with my family, and so we had to kind of step back and punt and re- reorganize some things. And so what we did was we um, went back and picked up um, uh, the triumphal entry prior to Easter Sunday and um, the cleansing of the temple that we've already done. And so today we're actually beginning to pick back up um, in, in order of where we are. So this morning we're going to be in Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14 and 20 through 25. Some of you are going, this has nothing to do with Mother's Day. Just give me time. All right, give me time. Um, but uh, we are so grateful that you're here this morning. And I hope that you know that. Uh, especially those of you that are guests. We don't take it for granted that you are willing to give of your time to be with us here at Malvern Hill. If you would stand with me in honor of God's Word. Mark chapter 11. We're going to read verses 12 through 14. And then we're going to read verses 20 through 25. Here now, for this is the word of God. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he, that, that's Jesus here, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance the fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Verse 20. As they passed, in, passed by in the morning, the next day that is, in the morning they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. (coughs) Let us pray. Lord God in heaven, I pray that we would have faith in you to not only hear our prayers, but to answer our prayers. Faith even as we come today. Faith in you, Lord God, to hear and answer our prayers and to work through your word. May we not be as fruitless Israel, Lord God, but may we instead be Firmly secured to the vine that is Jesus Christ, producing fruit in accordance with repentance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you all for being with us. Um, This is an interesting uh, passage of scripture, and we're going to have to address a couple of things in it before we jump into uh, the meat of of the message this morning. The first thing is I want you to understand, we're going to focus on prayer. And the reason we're going to focus on prayer in this passage is because um, when Jesus explained it the next day, Jesus said the the biggest thing to get out of this is is prayer. Uh, But that's not the only thing there, and I want to make sure that we understand that. Um, When Jesus curses a fig tree that's that's not in leaf, uh, just understand that what's happening right here is a a parable, a picture message of Jesus' cursing of the nation of Israel. Israel appeared to be healthy, appeared to be what they were supposed to be, but they were not producing fruit. They weren't going out as a kingdom of priests and and expanding the kingdom of God. They weren't making an impact and a difference. 
And so Jesus pronounces this curse on the fig tree just before he's going to walk into Jerusalem and cleanse the temple. So the cursing of the fig tree is a parable. It's a, it's a picture story of what's about to come. Um, and many of Jesus' followers would have connected that, if not immediately in later years, with Jeremiah's prophecies related to the fig tree. So, so just understand that what's happening is, is big. There's, there's all these stories that are going on. This is why I would encourage you to take extended periods of time to read the Bible. Um, I, I hope and trust that you make a, a practice of daily reading through the Bible in just five or ten minute chunks, keeping in mind that five or ten minutes at a time we can cover lots and lots of scripture. Uh, in, in ten minutes a day you can read the entire Bible in a year. Um, but I, I would encourage you to, some, to at least occasionally take 30 or 40 minutes in God's Word and read because when we read in big pictures, then what we begin to do is, is to grasp a lot more of what's going on. There's a lot going on in this passage of Scripture. But the disciples, when they say, Jesus, what in the world? It's, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't focus on, on the, the, the other meaning. Jesus focuses right here on the power of prayer. Now, another thing that we need to take into account right here is that um, verse 26 is not present in most of your Bibles. Okay, So if you'll look down there, verse 25, and then it goes straight to verse 27. Um, we've talked about these things before, but I'm just going to make reference to it again just in case there's a question. The reason that's not there is because our, uh, the best scholarship that we have uh, shows us that verse 26 was a later insertion into the text. Okay, And so the oldest manuscripts we have do not have that. So if your Bible does, that's okay. Um, all your Bibles are going to have it in the footnotes at the bottom. But if you get confused about that, uh, just know that um, that's there because... God's word is valuable and true, and we believe that all truth comes, uh, comes from God, and all truth belongs to God, and as a result, we continue to study the word of God, not only at surface levels, but well beyond, and our oldest manuscripts exclude that, pat, that, that verse, so if you have any questions. All right, those are the technical details, and now from there, I want us to jump into the meat of this, okay? So um, if y'all could kind of roll your eyes back into your head, that would be fantastic. Um, what, what is prayer, and does it even matter? Uh, what is the purpose of prayer? Uh, as, as we wrestle with that, some people say, well, the, the primary purpose of prayer is really just to change us. Some people say, well, when I pray, I, I can actually change God. I want you to know, first of all, we don't change God. God is changeless. He is, he is immutable. We don't control him. But if we believe that the primary purpose is just to change us, we've not fully understood the Scripture. The Bible says that the, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That I can actually see incredible things happen as a result of my prayers. We read incredible stories like the story of Hezekiah. And when he prayed, the Bible says that God heard his prayers. Folks, I want you to know that prayer changes you, but I want you to know that God hears your prayers and your prayers can make a difference in this world. I want you to know if you don't know anything else this morning, I want you to hear me say this. Don't stop praying. Don't quit. Don't give up. It may seem at times as though all hope is lost, but Jesus says that you can move mountains. <coughs> Folks, um, do you pray with faith? I mean, do you really pray with faith? Do you actually get serious with the Lord and have serious conversations about what in the world God might be able to do in this world? I believe there are three things that we can grab from this. And I think when we think about Mother's Day... There's some important truths that many parents in here need to hear. God's not finished with your family. God's not finished with your life. See, for some of you moms, you come in here and these are hard, hard days. And I want you to know that no matter what has been, 
The future is not yet written. You have an opportunity to change it. You have an opportunity to see God work. You have wayward children. You have children who are, who are, who are estranged from you. You have an opportunity to pray. And God can hear those prayers. Some of you continue to have a hurting heart like Hannah, praying that the Lord bless you with children. I want you to know that God hears those prayers. He can answer them. Do you pray with faith? The first thing about prayer this morning I want us to see from this passage of Scripture is that we need to learn from prayer. Learn from prayer. Now the disciples noticed the fig tree and Peter asked questions. He, he seemed astonished. Folks, why is it that we're so surprised when God answers our prayers? Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed that we sometimes, we don't talk about an answered prayer sort of nonchalantly, right? No, nobody talks about an answered prayer like they got gas. Yeah, pump, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I put the thing in the, 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 the pump in the, whatever you call the thing, the handle in my, tr- just give up. Let's talk about something else. Nobody talks about prayer, right, as though they just picked up a meal at the restaurant. It's not like you go and you order it and then it just shows up and you go, sweet. Man, we get, when the Lord answers a prayer, it's, it's like, can you believe he did it? Folks, at some point we need to say, yeah, I pretty much can't believe it. He's just that kind of God. We need to learn from prayer. But the Bible says that the disciples are pretty amazed. Peter said, they're walking along. Imagine you're with Jesus. Now, folks, Peter, I give Peter a hard time, but like I've told y'all before, I, I, I'm, I'm Peter. I'm somewhere right in there. I just can't keep my mouth shut long enough to learn the things I need to learn sometimes. I'm, I'm acting before I should act. They're lo- walking along, all the disciples. Peter's walking, looks over, he sees a dead tree, and he goes, hey, Jesus, Look! There's that fig tree that you cursed. It died. You imagine Jesus like, well, really, Peter? I mean, what, what if Jesus was sarcastic? I mean, we, we don't, I'm not saying that he was or what, but what, what if? I'm just saying, like, what if in that moment G, Jesus looks at Peter and goes, Peter, are, are you kidding me, Peter? Again? Well, Jesus, I mean, it's dead. And he's like, well, didn't I tell it to die? You've seen me tell people to live, and they live. You think I can't kill a bush? And yet, folks, how often are we like that in our prayer lives? Well, God, it worked. I can't believe it. Folks, do you allow your prayer life to change you? We need to learn from prayer. Jesus wanted his disciples to learn that God does hear prayer and that prayers can actually be answered, even audacious prayers. Even incredibly crazy prayers that God can actually hear them, that he could say to a mountain, get up and be moved, and he might just do it. Why? Because he's able. We can learn from prayer. One of the greatest lessons we can learn from prayer is that God answers our prayers, and he does, and I want you to know that. One of the other things that we have to learn from prayers, uh, or let, me, let me back up. Not only are the other things, but we have to learn from prayer. We have to learn from prayer not just gain new information that information needs to change us how many of you have crammed for a test before raise your hand high schoolers come on be honest I know you did how many of you can remember anything you crammed into your brain in the 24 hours before that test nothing you've been exposed to that new information but that new information didn't change you didn't internalize it sometimes we can be exposed to all sorts of new information and new things but it doesn't change us Folks, we need to learn from our prayer. We gain new information. It affects me. It changes me. So we learn that God answers prayer. Some of the other things we learn, uh, the Apostle Paul teaches in 2 Corinthians 12 that he had an infirmity of some sort of thorn in the flesh that he talks about. We don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like an angry deacon, um, a crazy mother-in-law, or probably not that part. Um, 
but, but, but some people suggest that maybe he walked with a limp. Okay, um, we, we believe, and, and, and we're just trying to pick up things in, in uh, little hints through the way. So we know from the book of Galatians, the end of Galatians, Paul says, See with what large letters I write in my own hand. That Paul probably didn't have great vision, so he wrote with real. But understand that we're just guessing. It's just a big guessing game. We're taking all the information we have. We don't really know. But we know there was something that for Paul was an inconvenience. Some sort of an infirmity either in his own physical person or maybe a person around him that he just couldn't shake free of. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians three times, Paul went to the Lord and prayed, Lord, remove this from me. And yet the Bible says that the answer that Paul received from the Lord was this, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. You see, through prayer, Paul learned that his current state of infirmity was necessary for him to experience the fullness of God's power. So Paul didn't just gain new information, it changed Paul. Watch what Paul says. Paul then is willing to stop begging to be released from this infirmity. Instead, he says, but I will boast all the more in my weakness. Because through my weakness, he is made strong. Folks, we need to learn from prayer. We need to learn that God answers prayer. We also need to learn that sometimes we can grow comfortable even when God says no. Because through time spent with the Lord, we begin to discover that He may know just a little bit more than we do. Folks, we need to learn from prayer, but Also, let me just explain to you that if we're going to become more comfortable in our prayers, more effective in our prayers, we we have to pray. We have to pray. Ian Bounds wrote a a book on prayer many years ago, With Christ in the School of Prayer. I've spent a great deal of time in prayer this week because, folks, I want you to understand that as we're preaching about prayer, teaching about prayer, seeking to learn about prayer, I got all sorts of books on prayer, and I would encourage you to read many of them. They're phenomenal books. I've got prayer books, so I've got books that lead me through guided prayer. I've got one I've been working through the past uh, six months or so called The Valley of Vision. It's a, it's a, it's a, 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 a collection of uh, Puritan prayers, and, and I pray those uh, often. I've, I've shared some of those with you on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights here. Um, a few weeks ago, I, I gathered with a group of Christian believers in our county for the National Day of Prayer out on the courthouse steps. I, I wrote a prayer uh, for that occasion and, and, and shared that prayer Um, I I believe it's important for us to learn about prayer, to study about prayer. But folks, we've also just got to pray. We've got to pray. Folks, you don't grow in prayer until you've spent time wrestling with the Lord. Grabbing on and begging, Lord, I won't let go. God, I can't give up till you hear me, Lord. I need you. Spend time in the Lord. Spend time in prayer and you'll learn something incredibly valuable. Maybe most importantly, here's what you, listen, listen, you'll learn that God is good. You'll learn that God loves you. You'll learn that you can trust him. We can trust him to move mountains, and Paul even learned to trust him when his answer is no. We can learn, we can understand that he knows what's best for you and what's best for me. Learn from prayer. The second thing this morning is we need to not only learn from prayer, we need to pray with confidence. Pray with confidence. Folks, remember who you are praying to and what he is able to do. 
Remember who you're praying to and what he's able to do. Have faith in God. Jesus reminded his disciples what he, that when he taught them how to pray. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And he said, and you go into your closet and you pray this way. Dear God, who's far off, I hope that you can hear me. It's not at all what he said, is it? He said, you go in your closet and you pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine. Is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. But to whom do we address our prayers? Our Father who art in heaven. Folks, we pray not only to God, but to our heavenly Father. He is the God of the universe, but he is also your Father. Here on Mother's Day, can I tell you that God is able. God is able. And not only is able, God is willing. Jesus says that we need to pray believing it. Sloan's shoes fell apart. Folks, I don't know if any of y'all have a solution for like shoes that never die for little boys. Y'all let me know because I hadn't found them. We, I feel like, like our second like highest expense other than our mortgage is shoes for our children. We, I just feel like all we ever do is buy shoes. And, and I mean, when my kids are finished with a pair of shoes, some of y'all are so kind. We've got friends, some of y'all in the church that have done sweet things for us through the years and passed down clothes to us, um, passed down shoes. And we love hand-me-downs. I mean, we have loved them. We don't pass down anything. And we don't pass down things because we're scroogely or miserly. Folks, we can't pass them down because we can't even take them to goodwill. Nobody wants them when our kids are finished with them. Some of them are too bad to even be used as rags. I mean, I don't know what they do. So Sloan said, Daddy, I need new shoes. I said, Son, I know you need new shoes. We're going to get it done at some point. He says, But Daddy, I got a hole. I said, Son, I, I know. Quit pulling out it. We're going to get it fixed. And, and he said, But look. And he, I turned around and he just pull, pulls the bottom back. I just peels it back. Dude, what do you do to your shoes? So we had a busy day yesterday, but um, we, we were over in Columbia um, for some other stuff. I said, Angela, and I knew that we had to get him, I mean, we had to get him shoes before we made it back because I couldn't in good conscience send him back to school looking like that. And apparently he's been going that way for a while. We look like terrible parents. Um, so uh, we go to one store and they, they didn't have anything and, and he was just so disappointed, you know, but but it's just, it's just something else. When, when our kids come to us and say, I need shoes. Do you know I get great joy? Well, not in shoes. They drive me nuts. But sort of I get kind of great joy in being able to provide for my children. Right? I, I, I can get aggravated and, and make, make a big deal and joke about how much money we spend on shoes and all that stuff. But what a privilege is it? We, we've taught our children to pray this way. Lord God, thank you that you've given us the resources that we can have this pizza. Not just God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food, but let's understand that if we gather around the table and we've bought food and brought it home, that we had to be provided with the financial resources to do that. God, thank you for that. To help them understand, Lord God, thank you for these shoes, but it's my joy as his father and the father of the rest of my children to be able to clothe them and to feed them. Folks, how much more our heavenly father... Can I tell you that you don't burden him when you go to him? He loves you. He wants to hear from you. After my dad's heart surgery, um, 
we, we gave him a hard time because I mean, he was just so excited to see everybody afterward. He, he'd, he'd wake up from you know, these deep sleeps induced by the drugs, and we'd, we'd, we'd have to wake him up, and he would just be overjoyed. We, we, we picked on him far more than we should have. He, man, I'm just so glad to see you. Such a blessing to have you here with me. He said that to my brothers and me several times. But folks, can I tell you that that's, that's the Lord when we come to him in prayer. Do you, do, you, do you believe that God actually wants to commune with you? He wants to hear from you? He wants that phone call. I call my mom every Sunday morning. Y'all, listen to me. Make a time if you don't live near your mom. Just say, that's the day I'm going to call her. Every Sunday morning on the way to church, I call my mom. That way, if I don't speak to her any other time during the week, I know that the 10 minutes between my house and here, I'm going to call her. She expects that phone call. She looks forward to it. I call her. I saw her yesterday, but I still called her this morning because I don't want to get out of the habit. I'm afraid if I get out of the habit, I'll mess it up. Do you know my, my mom never answers the phone for me and goes, oh, it's you again. Click. Hear me say, I know that some of you have had terrible experiences with your parents, and some of you have actually probably experienced that before. And as a result, it has clouded your understanding of how God loves you. Can I tell you that he never hears your prayer and goes, oh, you again, click. Can I tell you that you don't have to introduce yourself? Oh, my goodness, a lot of folks go to the Lord, Lord God, it's me again. I hope you'll hear. Do you know? He knows you. He knows your voice. He knows the numbers of hairs on your head, and he loves you. You're not burdening him when you go. Don't you hate it when people call and say, I really hate to bother you, but I, 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 I wish I didn't have to call you, but listen, I'm, I got this going on, and, and, and life's upside down. Could you please help me? Don't we hate to get that phone call and go, what do you mean you hate to bother me? No, you're not a bother. You're not a burden. You're in a tough spot. I want to be there for you. I want to help you. I want to serve you. How much more? Our Heavenly Father, if we know how to love one another in a sort of decent kind of way, how much more a God who loves with infinity, infinite kinds of love? We can pray with confidence, not only because of what He can do, but because of who He is. He loves you. Folks, it's Mother's Day. Moms, what do you need to believe Him for? What do you need to believe Him for? Listen, I hear from some of you. Some of you just overwhelmed. You're tired. What do you need to believe him for? Some of you moms need to believe him to put your marriage back together. He can do that. Some of you moms need to believe him to heal your children. He can do that. Some of you moms need to believe him to save your children. He can do that. Listen to me. Some of you moms here today need to hear him. You need to believe him to save you. He can do that. Oh, mercy, some of you moms just need to believe him because you don't know what tomorrow holds or next week holds. Some of you moms need to hear me say that you can just go to him and say, Lord God, I don't know what's around the corner. Can I tell you you can trust him with the future? Because he does know. What else? You got wayward children, you can trust him. You got lost family members, you can trust him. Do you have job problems? You can trust him. Folks, you can trust him. He can move mountains. Sometimes he can even change our perspective. Do you know that sometimes what the Lord does for me, he doesn't move a mountain. He just, rem- he just shows me that what I thought was a mountain was nothing but a molehill all the time. Isn't that incredible? Me and Angela had an issue just a few weeks ago. and uh, It was a couple of things in one day that, that we didn't know what to do. We didn't know how it was going to turn out. We didn't know which way to turn. And we just spent some time, we, we prayed for we went to bed, we got up the next morning, we just, we gathered together with one another and we just prayed, Lord God, we don't, we don't even know what to do. 
God, these things seem so monumental. I called a few people. I said, can you be praying about these things? Because I don't even know how they're going to turn out. You know what's so incredible? By the end of the day, me and Angela were laughing, literally laughing, at how ridiculously simple those two things turned out to be. Unbelievable. You know why? Because it turns out that in our imagination, these things had grown to Mount Everest, but all the while, they weren't any bigger than a fire ant hill in our front yard. Folks, we can listen oftentimes to, the, to the, 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 the whispers of the enemy, and he makes these things so big. Folks, you can trust him. Maybe the mountain doesn't need to be moved. Maybe that mountain is just exactly what you need to look up. You ever thought about that? Uh, Angel loves to go to the mountains. I, I go because Angel loves to go to the mountains. Um, uh, but one of the most incredible things about going to the mountains is you can stand there and you just look up, and there they are just straight up. Folks, sometimes that mountain's there to overwhelm you with the, the sheer magna- magnanimity of it, to drive you down to your knees, to force you to look up and say, Lord God, I need you. You ever think that maybe that mountain is just exactly what you need, just like Paul's thorn in the flesh? That God's strength may be revealed in your weakness. Oh, he's the God of the mountains and he's the God of the valleys and you need not worry. Pray with confidence. He hears. Moms, do you have more than you can take? The burden of motherhood never seems to take a break. Can I tell you, you can trust him when the laundry piles up. You can trust him when the teacher's phone calls keep coming. You can trust him when the kid's just behavior won't seem to, to, to fix. When he can't figure anything out, you can trust him. When there's no sleep, you can trust him. When there's no work, you can trust him. When there's no time to rest, you can trust him. When everything else seems to be falling apart. Folks, he's the God who speaks it all into being. You can trust him. Pray with confidence and then finally this morning be driven to action. Folks, you can't just stop with prayer. Now look, I know that for some people I'm I'm, I'm pretty much speaking uh, something close to heresy. People say, well, there's nothing you can do more important than prayer. And and, and folks, I I would say that a whole lot of times that's true. But Jesus says that sometimes there is something more than prayer that you need to be doing. Read with me in this passage of Scripture. Keep going. He says, uh, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. How about that? How about that? Sometimes our prayer needs to actually drive us to action. Listen to this. Pray with confidence, but if you have something hindering your prayers, deal with those things. Matthew 5.24 says it a little bit different. According to this passage, if a person is leaving their gifts at the altar, it's in the sacrificial system, if they're leaving their gifts at the altar... Jesus says, if you're going to leave your gift at the altar and you remember that you have an issue with a brother or sister, Jesus says, go and deal with that right now. He says, leave the gift and go deal with that. Folks, can I tell you that sometimes your prayers are being hindered because you've got something going on with lots of other people or somebody else and you've been unwilling to live in obedience to the Lord to forgive them of what they've done to you or to go and seek their forgiveness for what you've done to them or to seek restitution and, 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 and to be reconciled with your brothers and sisters. Maybe you don't have confidence in your prayers. Maybe that's why they're not being answered. Or maybe you're just allowing other things to get in the way. Let your prayers teach you and drive you to action. 
God has a way of using prayers to open our hearts and minds to the faults and sins of our past. How many of you, don't raise your hand because I don't want to call you up, but how many of you can remember a time when you were in prayer with the Lord and in that time of prayer, God just brought to your mind, brought to your heart a sin in the past or perhaps a sin against a brother or sister. Perhaps he, he brought into your heart a grudge that you've held against someone that you just hadn't been able to let go. Can I back it up and, and, and say hadn't been able to let go is not a biblical concept. Okay? A biblical concept is hadn't been willing to let go. It doesn't mean it's always easy to let it go. Okay? But before we'll ever be able, we've got to be willing. You understand? That doesn't mean that the moment that I become willing, I'll suddenly be able. It's funny. The man said to Jesus, if, if you can, will you heal my son? Jesus said, if I can. All things are possible for him who will believe. Folks, are you willing to allow Jesus to heal you from the inside out? Are you willing to allow Jesus to give you a heart to forgive? Are you willing? Because if you're willing, he's able. Jesus says if you're holding a grudge during your prayers, forgive that person. Do it now. Folks, do you know that might mean that you need to walk away from your prayer and be reconciled to your brother or sister right now. But pastor, that's too hard. Pastor, you don't know what I deal with. You don't know what that person did to me. You don't know what I did to that person they might think i'm weird we all think you're weird anyway i mean we're all i mean i'm just saying like we're worried about what everybody thinks we're all messed up you understand well they might not want to forgive me well they might not but you can't control that you understand well they might still be angry they might be they might be but can you can I tell you this? You can trust the Lord. And if God says go do it, we reach a point in time where it's not really about what I want to do or what feels comfortable. It becomes a question of obedience. God says forgive and seek reconciliation, but I don't want to. Folks, you can trust him. God says we're supposed to help our brothers and sisters through their difficult days. You can trust him. Just this week, I had to go to a friend to confront him in a sinful action. Folks, I want to tell you, there were a lot of things I wanted to do rather than that. I wanted to go hide under a rock. You know, drive my truck off into the river, throw up. I mean, anything other than go to a friend who I loved and say, Brother, I think you're in sin and you need to repent. Nobody wants to do that, folks. It's terrible. It's awful. It makes your insides want to come out. So I did what any respecting Christian would do. When I received that conviction that I needed to go and confront my brother, I began to pray about it. I continue to feel that conviction, so I prayed even harder. You notice how your prayers change, though? Lord, what would you have me to do? To, Lord, I don't want to do that. Well, God still wouldn't let me alone, so here's what I did. This was really smart. I started, I started to call some, some, some dear friends and say, how do you think I should handle this? called a friend about a complicated situation. One of my mentors a few weeks ago, I said, brother, how do you think I should handle this? He said, well, God's word didn't speak to that situation. I said, no. He said, well, do you have a strong conviction from the Lord? I said, no. He said, well, then go hug your wife. I don't know either. Have a good day. Click. <laughs> so I called. I said, what do you think? I said, nah, you know, what do you think, Craig? I said, I don't, I don't know. Talked with another person that I respect greatly. I said, what do you think should be done about this? Now, folks, you've got to be careful because otherwise I'm gossiping. I've got to go to people that don't know this person. I've got to say I'm concerned. I've got to go with tears and, and a broken heart. I had one friend that we had in common. 
I loved this one. Well, Craig, what do you think we should do? I said, no, I didn't come to ask you that. I need you to tell me what to do. Tell me I don't have to do this, please. But, you know, they reached a point where I had to move past my excuses and move toward obedience. See, I had prayed. I'm still praying. But more was necessary, and so I had to go. And I had to find my friend, and I had to say, brother, I'm concerned. He said, Craig, you, you seem uncomfortable. I said, I am uncomfortable. I'm going to throw up in the floor right now. This is awful. I don't want to be here. Well, what's wrong? I said, brother, I, I can't believe that this is going on. Help me understand how to fix this. You know what? He jumped up and slapped me in the face and said, I can't believe you did that. Y'all think that's true? Absolutely not. You know what happened? My worst fears were not realized. When the Lord drove me to act on those prayers, you know what? I discovered God had gone ahead of me. Do you not? Now, now, don't always have that, but can I tell you a lot of times if the Lord's driving you somewhere, He's driving you to a place He's already been. He's waiting on you to get there. Do you understand? Boy, that's exciting, isn't it? You ever show up and meet somebody you didn't expect to be there? That's kind of what it's like when you go and the Lord brings conviction and you're scared and you're terrified and you get there and suddenly the Lord's there and you didn't know He's going to be there. He's already pa- pre- prepared the way, He's already paved the road, He's already leveled the ground out for you. You step out of the truck, you, step, you expect to step off into a pothole, and instead you, you walk in on clouds the whole way, and God's already done it. By the time it's all over with, there's been a time of celebration and prayer and reconciliation. And the whole time, here's what you're going. You're like, you're like Peter going, well, look at that bush. It died. And Jesus is going, well, Peter, what did you think it was going to do? I told it to die. Did you think it was going to live? The whole time we're walking into these situations going, well, Lord, I can't believe you did that. And perhaps the Lord's going, why couldn't you believe that I would do that? Folks, do you trust him? Do you trust him? I don't mean do you say you trust him. I don't mean do you show up at church on Sunday mornings. I I, I mean do you trust him? I mean do you trust him? Moms, do you trust him? Do you trust him with your children? Do you? I mean like really trust him. Do you trust him with your marriage? Men, do you trust his word enough to lead your family in hard things? Do you trust him? Well, Craig, if I do that, then they're going to look at me funny. Do you trust him to walk you through it? Do you trust him? What do you need today? How do you trust him? You need to pray, but is that all? You can trust him. Will you trust him? Some of you need to come and, and not just pray, Lord, I need some help. Some of you need to come and say, Lord God, I need to be saved. That's just the truth. Some of you need to pray because the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. Some of you need to come and say, Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner in desperate need of a Savior. Lord God, I'm bound for hell. And Lord God, I want to go to heaven, but I'm scared. God, I don't know what people are going to think. You can trust him. Lord, I don't know how this whole Christianity thing works. I don't know what the next step is. You can trust him. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That means you will become a child of the king. You can trust him. You can trust him. It's too hard, you say. Folks, he spoke worlds into being. Nothing's too hard for him. It's too big, you say. Folks, he moves mountains. But Craig, it's too scary. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But I don't know what awaits me around the next turn. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
But Lord God, it's scary. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. But Lord God, I don't know what I'm going to do. You will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Folks, you need to stop hearing can't and start hearing these words. I love you. I am enough. I want to bless you. I want to love you. I want to answer your prayers. I want to hear from you. In just a minute, we're going to stand and we're going to sing No Longer Slaves. I'm no longer slaves to sin. We're children of the King. Oh, too many of you are living shackled to this world, shackled to your fears, shackled to your failures. Folks, can I tell you that Jesus has the key to death, hell, sin, and the grave. And whatever holds you back, He's ready to set you free. Would you come to Jesus today? Believer, can I tell you that you are no longer a slave to those things? You can trust Him. He's enough. He's the king, I tell you. And he wants to be your king. Stand with us as we pray. Father God in heaven, I pray that we would see Jesus as enough this morning. That, Father, we'd be set free from the slavery to sin, the slavery to fear, Lord God. The slavery to our own selfish ambition. Father, the slavery to our past. Lord God, that we'd be set free to walk into newness of life in Christ. Lord God, that we'd be set free to experience the fullness of Christ. Lord God, would you set us free to pray big prayers for our children and our grandchildren? Lord God, would you set us free to believe that while there is breath, there is hope, and there is no one beyond the saving power of Jesus Christ? Lord God, would you set us free to believe that a God who can move mountains can move hearts and lives? You set us free to believe that that same God is our Heavenly Father who loves to give us good gifts, longs to hear our prayers you work among us in Jesus name. Amen.